What do you believe about heaven? What do you believe? And you may even be saying, Phil, honestly, I've never thought about it. And you would not be alone. Do you know that so many Christians never give thought to heaven? What is heaven to you? What will it be like? Have you searched the scriptures and looked for yourself? Or have you read articles, whether true or not, and believed what you heard? What did they teach you growing up? What, what things are you looking forward to heaven? What will it be like for you? What will time and space look like? What will the glorious heaven look and feel like? Will you have a body? Will you be a vapor? What is heaven to you? And then let me ask you, with that definition and that description of heaven... Does it make you want to go there? Does it make you want to strip away everything else that this earth promises and anticipate with all joy and hope and passion and desire to go there? Sadly, the answer is probably not what the early church would desire for us in 2018 going into 2019. And as we look at the early church after the resurrection of Jesus, something happened within them to where their lives on earth changed forever. And they lived with a brand new anticipation and it was not for the things of earth. It was not for their here and now, although they lived the here and now to the fullest. Why? Is they knew where their home forever was. What about you? What about you? And so today, as we enter this four-week series called With Forever, in mind. Isn't it crazy how just everything within our culture screams tradition? And tradition can be amazing, healthy, and wonderful. But so often we get fixated on Christmas, even the biblical message that we think Christmas is all about. And we put it on the table front and center and we focus on the nativity and we focus on the baby. But do you realize Jesus didn't come to be a baby and stay that way? He didn't even come fully to die on the cross for your sins. Now that was a part of it, but what was the purpose for Jesus coming? Do you know? 
Because I'm going to tell you, for about 25 years of my Christian life, I had no clue. I worshiped Jesus because he died for my sins. And man, that is enough to worship Jesus for paying the price for our sins. But do you know why he paid the price for our sins? Because he wanted you in heaven with him forever. That is why he came. To invite you into his forever. And so the good news about Christmas is that there is hope. God loved us so much that he gave his son Jesus, Emmanuel. You know what Emmanuel means? God with us. Now. Now. And forevermore. It's an amazing Christmas message. That Jesus, this baby, the Messiah that came, also became the sacrificial lamb that takes away the sins of the world. And then he was raised from the dead. And he ascended into heaven where he sits on the right hand of God, interceding what it means is going to his father on behalf of you. There is a heaven. There is a place called heaven. And heaven wouldn't be heaven without the person of Jesus. So it's not all about the place. It's about the person of Jesus who came as a baby to invite us into his forever. And so if we just focus on that baby, we've missed it. If we just focus on the cross, we've missed it. If we just focus on the empty tomb, we've missed the whole picture. It's all about the forever that Jesus came to invite you into. The bad news, the very bad news, is the majority of Christians, including most of my Christian walk, live their lives without the reality of heaven at the forefront of their minds, if at all. They live like heaven doesn't even exist. We just came out of a series called Christian Atheists. We believe in God, we believe in Jesus, but we live like heaven doesn't matter. And if that's you, you're not alone. That's why we're doing this series. It's because I'm here to tell you that there is a heaven and it is more glorious more majestic, more incredible, more mind-blowing, more breathtaking than we could ever imagine and fathom in our human minds. But we're going to try because Scripture leads us to the truths and the realities of heaven. So why do we as Christians live without having heaven at the forefront of our minds? I believe it's because of this. 
We don't have a clue. I didn't have a clue about the truths and the realities of heaven. And if you don't have a clue and you don't know about the glorious eternal forever in heaven that awaits every person who has accepted Jesus as their savior and follows Christ here on earth. If you don't have that knowledge and awareness, what are you going to do? Are you going to have immense passion and desire to go there? No. The things of earth, the things you can touch, the things that bring temporal pleasure are the things you're going to live for. And heaven gets pushed aside to a sweet little nativity by the Christmas tree every Christmas. And we wonder why we've lost hope. We wonder why we as Christians are just apathetic and going through the motions. It's because we don't have a clue about the glorious heaven that awaits us that Jesus came to purchase for us. And if we don't desire or passion or have a passion for heaven, we're not going to prioritize and live our lives and invest in heaven. We're not going to prepare our hearts for heaven because it doesn't matter to us. And so our gift to you this Christmas, these gifts represent the three key themes that we're going to present to you this series. Our gift to you this Christmas is the best gift that you will ever find under the tree in the history of the world. And that is revealing to you the incredible truths and realities of heaven that await everyone who has a personal relationship with Jesus. And once you understand the incredible things that are coming and what heaven will be and will be like. And then guess what? When Jesus returns, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Once you realize this, your life will change. Right, Dennis? We've been studying this and it is changing our lives. Why? It's because it's all about going home. And when we don't know what home is and it's unfamiliar and it's weird, why would we want to go? Because we like it here in this imperfect, broken world. If we like it here, all my friends just wait. And I can't wait to unfold all of this. And that's why I'm like a kid in a candy store because it's changing my heart. And my eyes are being open to the most incredible gift we could ever have, and that's why Jesus came. That's why we celebrate Christmas. It's because of heaven. It's because of heaven. 
And so our desire is for you to be awakened this Christmas. To celebrate 2018 Christmas like heaven is awaiting you. One thing we need to understand before we go into the theme of today, which is addressing the assumptions of heaven. The assumptions of heaven. I want to just work into this series and kind of launch this theme of why in the world are we blinded to the truths of heaven? Why in the world do Christians not live for their eternal home? One of the reasons is because we believe the assumptions of heaven. But first, I want us to understand I want us to understand the importance of Christmas that leads to the forever in mind, which is our invitation that Jesus has given us to live forever with him. We, each and every one of you, when I was born in this world and took my first breath of oxygen, my identity was grounded in sin. We live in a broken, imperfect, unrighteous, sinful, dark world. Why? Well, we need to understand what sin is. Yes, sin is missing the mark, but it's so much more than that. You're not just missing the mark. You're living your life in rejection and rebellion to God himself. Romans 1 tells us that we decided to believe a lie and we exchanged the truth of eternity for a lie. And we broke our relationship of trust and love with God, a holy God. Sin is making ourselves God because we're living for us. When we sin, we're rebelling and rejecting God for us because we can live a better life than God can live for us. And sadly, we need to understand that there is only one God of the universe, and I'm not Him, and neither are you. Merry Christmas. So here's the thing. We have to understand in order to catch the beauty of Christmas and the forever that was in mind is our identity is sin. Our identity to the core is sin. And sin separates us from a holy God. And that includes forever. Remember the rope illustration that Dennis used last week? Forever means forever and ever and ever. Sin separates us from a holy God. That's why it's so beautiful, the message of Jesus coming to invite us into the forever. And what did he have to do? Well, it tells us a little bit in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Our identity is sin. And what does that mean for our lives here and now and forever? The, the verse says, would you read it with me? For the wages of sin is 
Say it again. Is. One more time. Is. But the gift of God. Now say it. Is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ. Our Lord. Do you know what wages are? When you go to work and you earn your wages. It's a payment. The payment. Of your and my sin identity. Is death. We deserve it. It's due to us. It's our destiny. Death. Because of sin. Look at it another way. Because of our sin. The curse of sin. That we are still living in. And we're going to get to that in week three. How Jesus is going to lift the curse. When he brings the new heaven to the new earth. But the curse of sin that we're living in now is death. That's why we have to stand before a grave. That's why we have to stand before a casket and go to funerals. It's because we're living in the curse of death. But get this, y'all. The free gift. It's not a payment. The free gift of Christ is eternal life. Now, Christmas time, we give gifts. Sometimes we give because we have to, right? We draw a name and we have to give it. That's not the gift I'm talking about. It's the gift that no one is asking for, but you want to bless them because you value them and you love them, and you're not asking for a payment in return. You're not asking for anything in return. You want to bless them with a gift, and that's what Jesus did. But that gift does not come free. To us, it does. But Christmas is all about the arrival of the king who would become a lamb, who would suffer and be sacrificed on a cross. That is the payment for your sin. Why in the world did he do that? Because of the hope of forever in mind. The Bible says that for the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross That's the good news. The joy that was set before him was what? You and me in forever with him. But that is not how we live our lives, is it? When we choose to make Jesus our Lord and Savior, our identity in Christ is life, new Life, sin is broken. The curse of sin is broken in your life. Amen. When you have new life in Christ, your home is not America. Your home is not this earth. Your citizenship is not the United States of America. Your citizenship is your eternal heavenly home with Jesus. And so often we have this reaction where we just sit there like a deer in headlights. And it doesn't mean a whole lot to us. And we'll say, okay, amen, that's the Christian thing to do. But our home in heaven, is it really something that exciting? Oh, friends, you got to come back the next couple weeks. You got to go buy the book that we've been basing this series off called Heaven by Randy Elkhorn. It's 500 pages. Go through it. Eat it up. 
Because heaven is coming. And it is going to be glorious. And Christ's desire for you is to live with forever in mind. So why do we not look forward to heaven? This has opened my eyes the last couple weeks. Do you know why? Just think about it. Why are you not looking forward to heaven? Why is it that you don't have a clue about heaven? It's because we have a real enemy. And his name is Satan. And he rules and runs this earth for now. And so often we think that Satan's just trying to keep people from salvation in Christ, and that is true. But those who call themselves children of God, do you know that Satan is working day and night to blind your eyes to the truth? The truth of Jesus? No. The truth of your salvation? No. The truth of heaven that awaits you and should change the way you live now. Yes. Look at this scripture in Revelation 13.6. Revelation 13.6. Write this down. Look it over. And it says this. It's talking about a satanic beast in Revelation. And he, Satan, spoke terrible words of blasphemy against God. Now look. Slandering his name. And his dwelling. Where's his dwelling? Heaven. Ah. And that is those who dwell in heaven. Who's going to heaven? I am. Those who proclaim Jesus as Lord. You know what Satan's trying to do? And is doing? He's blinding your eyes to not only God's name and his glory, but he's blinding your eyes to the dwelling place to which you're going, to which we need to be preparing for, and to which we need to be telling others who don't know Jesus about. This is huge. So I'm sorry, but we're going to kick Satan in the face this Christmas by sharing with you the truths of heaven. Because we should anticipate heaven more than anything else. So today, we are going to look at three assumptions that so often we believe, hook, line, and sinker, about heaven. And when we believe those we just lose desire and passion to go there. And when we lose desire and passion to go there, we live our lives for the things of this earth. And so often in the course of our life, we tend to develop the, these assumptions of heaven. And when we start to believe them, we consider these lies truth. The Barnapole is a is a, a Christian like survey study ministry that uh, provides st- statistics like this. And they say this, most Americans who believe that there's life after death and a heaven and a hell, but they're cutting and pasting religious views 
from a variety of different sources, television, movies, conversations with their friends. What's the result? A highly subjective theology of the afterlife, disconnected from the biblical doctrine of heaven. We are disconnected from the realities of heaven. And so my goal for today is to keep these three assumptions very broad and general, and I'm not even going to answer all the questions that these assumptions bring. What this is going to do, it's going to wet your palate. It's going to give you a taste and an intrigue to come back next Sunday as we start to unveil what heaven truly is going to be like. And the week number three, we're going to talk about anticipating home. And on our Christmas Eve Eve service, where we have two services, and the kids are going to be here, we're going to wrap everything up to hopefully give you a brand new perspective. And when you experience Christmas, you will have forever in mind. And so our first assumption today is that heaven is boring. I believed it for years. Why? You're like, oh, not me. I don't think heaven's boring. You probably do. Because if you didn't think it was boring, you would be telling everyone about it. Have you ever been to Cheesecake Factory? Mine is Tongs Thai in Milford. I love Tongs Thai in Milford. My, thank you. My favorite restaurant. I tell everyone about it. Because I've experienced it, and I love it, and I get hungry for it, and I crave it. It's not boring at all. I even pay money for it. <laughs> so when we get a glimpse of heaven, we won't be able to contain the excitement and anticipation. So let me ask you, what is heaven to you? Maybe you've grown up thinking that heaven looks a little bit like this from far side calendar. You remember those things, those desk calendars? Wish I brought a magazine thinking we're just naked cupids up on a cloud. That was Daniel's, by the way, very deep in theology, naked cupids. We have wings. We're just going to be like floating around and sitting on a cloud. Nothing to do, man. We're going to be, we're going to maybe even be in the commercial for Charmin, you know? Who knows? Do you want to go to a heaven like that? Well, some of you may because you just want to sleep. You're exhausted. Your schedule is busy and this actually looks quite restful. But believe me, forever, never, don't sign me up for that. Don't sign me up for that. And so we assume that heaven is boring. John Eldridge, writer of Man at Heart, he speaks on heaven so much. He says this, nearly every Christian I have spoken to or spoken with, has some identity, idea, excuse me, that I, eternity, let me speak here, is an unending church service. Who believed that growing up? I did. We're going to 
sing hymns literally forever and ever and doing this forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. That's boring. Come on, let's be honest. Unending church service, we have settled on an image of a never-ending sing-along. Some of you don't even like to sing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sucks to be you. <laughs> sing along in the sky. One great hymn after another, forever and ever. Amen. And your heart sinks forever and ever. That's it? Seriously? That's good news? And then we sigh and feel guilty that we are not more spiritual. We lose heart and we turn once more to the present to find what life we can. But I'm here to tell you, friends and family, that there is an amazing, loving, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present God who loves you, whose glory will be consumed with. Have you ever had a moment in worship, maybe here or somewhere else, or maybe in your private worship time, where God just shows up? Not if you know what I'm talking about. Where God is just so real and overwhelms you with his presence, overwhelms you with his goodness, overwhelms you with his glory. And then what happens? We go back and go on with life. Not in heaven. It's going to be glory to glory. That moment forever. In this perfect creation. Perfect. We don't. We have never experienced perfection here on earth. Never outside of Jesus. And every bit of it's going to be perfection. Boring? We have another thing coming. Thank God. We're going to be worshiping the creator of all things. We're going to be enjoying the perfection of all things. I just said that, but it will not be static or boring. And I can't wait till next week when Dennis shares how incredible and thrilling it's going to be. So we assume that heaven's going to be boring. And do we live for those things that are boring? No. We pursue pleasure that is fading away. Friends, It's time to change our perspective because if we continue to believe that heaven is boring and we don't understand the realities of heaven, we are going to miss it here on earth. We're going to miss it. Assumption number two. Heaven will be something that is non-earth, foreign, and unfamiliar. Let's just be honest. Especially in this culture, we love things that are brand new, correct? Brand new. Go to a dealership today. Go sit in their car, literally, and just breathe in the newness of the car. And it's wonderful. 
but it's not unfamiliar. The new technologies coming out that's going to sit under many Christmas trees this year are awesome, but it's not unfamiliar. It's familiar. It's just something new. We do not like things that are unfamiliar. We don't want anything to do with that. And so Satan loves to blind our eyes that heaven is going to be absolutely something totally foreign and unfamiliar to us. And because of that, we don't want to go. And Satan's doing his job. He's keeping us focused on the things of this earth. And we're missing it. Heaven is going to be oh so familiar. It's going to be walking like in your house that was just recently renovated. Everything. I mean, it was gutted. Everything new. But when you walk into that home, it's home. Why? Because it's familiar. Some of your family, uh, what do you call it, Um, heirlooms, some of your family portraits and things that are special are hanging on the new walls with the new paint. And a new light is shining on those pictures. But it's home because it's familiar. That's going to be heaven. Don't buy into the lie that it's just going to be this foreign place where we just cease to exist or we're just floating around. It will be a place where we have relationship with the King of Kings, with Jesus who saved us, who lives in us now, who we can experience, but we're going to experience him in all fullness and perfection. You see, without Jesus, it's not going to be heaven It's the person that makes heaven, not the place. It's the person that makes heaven, not the place. It's Jesus. And we're going to have true relationships with others. And we're going to fit in. Heaven's going to be a place we were made for. And you see, so often we limit Jesus when we think of heaven. Guys and gals. Jesus is not limited by anything. He came to earth as a baby. And he was resurrected by the power of God. Do you think that a God who can do that is going to prepare a place for you in heaven that stinks? That doesn't overwhelm and supersede any desire or expectations than you would ever dream of? Keep dreaming, y'all, because God is going to fulfill more than our dreams could ever imagine. Assumption number three. So we have assumption number one that it's gonna be boring. No, it's not. Number two, is that heaven will be something unearthed or unfamiliar. And we know that that's not true. And assumption 
Number three, our last assumption is this. We will just be spirits, naked cupids, flying around. Dennis, we got to keep that phrase going all Christmas. Naked cupids, naked cupids. (laughs) By the way, for our volunteer Christmas party, anyone who brings a naked cupid for the white elephant gets a prize. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, it's a challenge. (laughs) We will not just be spirits floating around. Guys, Satan has blinded our eyes to the incredible beauty, majestic truth of heaven. Do you realize when Jesus comes back and brings heaven to earth, do you realize where heaven's going to be? Here! And guess who's going to be ruling and reigning here? Who? You, because Jesus is in you, and you're heirs to Jesus. You're going to be ruling and reigning with God. Something that only Adam and Eve have experienced. We're going to be able to experience that. And when Adam and Eve come back to earth with Christ, they're going to be able to say, This is home. We messed it up, but this is home. That's home. We're going to have bodies. We're going to know each other. And yes, animals will be in heaven. Cats will not. (laughs) They'll be somewhere else. Love you, cat lovers. You've been deceived. (laughs) Randy Alcorn says this. I love this. This is the author of the book, Heaven. What we have assumed about heaven. Listen, listen. Mm. What we have assumed about heaven has reduced to a place we look forward to only as an alternative to an intolerable existence here on the present earth. Only the elderly disabled, suffering, and persecuted might desire the heaven we imagine. But the Bible portrays life in God's presence in our resurrected bodies, in a resurrected universe as so exciting and compelling that even the youngest and healthiest of us should daydream about. And Satan's blinded our eyes. And we're taken off those blinders this Christmas. And I'm so excited for the freedom and the joy that is going to fill all of us because of that. What God made us desire within our spirits is exactly what he promised to those of you and us who have Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives. Do you know what that is? Let's look at this light of heaven. He created a desire within our spirits of what he promised he would fulfill. A resurrected life in heaven with him forever. A resurrected body with Jesus and the glory of God 
forever. With the resurrected Jesus Christ forever. And when Christ comes again, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Read the Bible. It tells you. And we will be on a resurrected, perfect earth. That is something to look forward to. And so as the band comes up, I would actually like for you to close your eyes. No distractions. And I want to ask you, with just the glimpse, just the glimpse that we got of the realities and the truth of heaven. Are you sensing that change of anticipation and understanding? I want you to grieve for a moment that the enemy has robbed you of so many truths about heaven. And he has kept you focused on the things of earth. Which has then kept you from living with the hope and the joy that awaits all of us. And I want to end with this. Jesus Christ has invited us to that forever with him. Do you know Jesus? Have you accepted the free gift that he offers you? That is your entrance fee to the kingdom of heaven. If not, you are on very thin ice. Why do I say that? It's because we don't know when our last breath will come. And we have the moment which is a flicker of time where Christ has offered the invitation to receive the payment that he paid for your death with his death and all you have to say is Jesus I believe that you came for me and I believe that you have forgiven my sins and I ask you to wash me clean give me a new heart a new spirit a new life and a new perspective of the heaven that awaits. Open our eyes. Open our eyes, God, to our home and change the way we live today. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand and sing this incredible song that reminds us for what's coming?